Blog Talk Radio.
morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health energy and sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. This is going to be a fun week. Carol Serene Borgens is back. She is a co-author of the book, Do Unto Earth, as many of you already know. Carol is a longtime medium, channeler, horse whisperer, practitioner of many metaphysical disciplines, and author of numerous PAX-channeled books, which include two children's whimsical novels, two books on the reality of COVID-19, The Likely Future, Volume 1 and 2, Personal Power Will End the Pandemic, and of course, Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late, which is the basis for this monthly series. Carol also provides PAX-channeled private reading sessions remotely, so you can contact her via her website, carolsereneborgans.com, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-R-E-N-E-B-O-R-G-E-N-S.com. Welcome back to Energy Awareness Radio, Carol. How are you being? Thank you so much for having me back, or should I say us, Pax and myself. <laughs> being very well, uh, yes, and delighted to return to you and your devoted audience. So thanks. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's always fun to have you here. We learn so much. And our topic for today is what does the spirit world say about fracking, pipelines, wildfires, and so much more? And, you know, oh, climate change is such a huge thing right now, and we're in dire straits. Pax tells us that the spirit world is concerned with what we're doing to our natural environment and how poorly we're managing our resources. It's very clear we are living the results of nothing less than human greed, as we watch wildfires and flooding destroy whole cities, killing people, wildlife, nothing seems to be left untouched. So much so that even the United Nations, um, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, declared a code red for humanity in a report that was just released two days ago on Monday. And that report gives us a glimpse of the world's future and the statement on climate change being human-caused may be the most damaging part of the entire report. We don't have the option of going back to a world with no climate change impacts. The report makes that really, really clear. The changes that have already happened are essentially irreversible. And no matter what happens to emissions in the next few decades, there is still going to be more warming. So given all of that, and knowing Pax told us previously we have let's say, 8 to 12 years before we reach our breaking point, feel-safe point, whatever you want to call it. It seems we're there right now. So how close are we? Well, I think the more we learn, the more we realize we're closer than we think. I, I know in terms of timing, Pax had told us 8 to 12 years before we reach a feel-safe point, that would be that reversal of the damage that we as a human race have done uh, is not going to happen, or certainly not easily. You know, as I look around us now, I think you're quite right. 
we're we're just about there. We really are. Even though we may, and it's not likely in any near future, stop the craziness of of the emissions and the pollution, um, repair will not come quickly. There is no quick fix. Even if we stop the emissions at the rate they currently are, the warming would take decades and decades to become diminished. Uh, Because we stop polluting does not mean a reversal. That is not how it's going to work. And Pax has told us that basically Mother Earth is out of balance. We must think about this as balance. He says that there's no separation between pollution and climate change. The former is the causative factor of the latter. One contributes to the other. And balance is what our Earth needs right now. And as we, as we talk about things like you've just mentioned, the red alert, that has to be taken to heart by the leaders of our industry in this world. You used the word greed earlier. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. That is the yeah. reason. That is hitting in the pocketbook of the people who control the wealth of this world and do not want to give it up. And as Pax has said, what's required is to stop climate change and global warming by changing the ways of the industrial nations. He says that in the Do Unto Earth book. Look at the air and water pollution, he tells us. He says, what are you thinking that you continue to pour waste and off-products into the water. Where does it end? What begins the fight to overcome corporate greed? Well, he does tell us that, but it is a it's it's a situation where until greed is replaced with concern for the overall well-being, it's going to be an uphill fight, don't you think? I do. Uh, you know, if we even stopped emitting carbon dioxide tomorrow, the global temperatures wouldn't begin to cool for many years because of how long the gas stays in the atmosphere. But, you know, one of the more insidious culprits of emissions is methane. And that might be a, a quicker way to – our methane levels are higher now than, than any time in the last 800,000 years. So if we were to take, say, methane emissions – and reduce them fast, then we wouldn't be approaching the 1.5 degrees threshold above pre-industrial levels that we are right now. We might be able to mitigate some of the climate change that we're already seeing in the short term. Um, And if that that would at least help, yeah, it would at least help to offset some of the sources of warming, you know? Given that methane is hotter than CO2, that's exactly the case. But you know, there's a broad base there, too, with methane. It comes from agriculture. It comes from mm-hmm. coal mining. It comes from fossil fuels. It leaks yep. out of pipelines. So it's a big job to, to corral uh, 
what's escaping. But if we could, yes, it, it's a jump start, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good to be able to get some people to do that. I think it's clear to the majority of people across the world that, you know, climate change is happening as a result of human activity, mostly industrial production. But, you know, we do have those denialists who aren't seeing it. They're, they're just not buying into the facts that, that we're having these issues. And as individuals, we can do things to help. You know, we've been recycling for years, but that's not enough. If we turn down our thermostats, for example, that will cut down on emissions. And we actually know this from last year when a huge portion of the Earth was in lockdown. You could look at satellite photos of the Earth and see that there was clearing. I would watch from, I looked at it from March 1st, April 1st, May 1st, June 1st, and you could see the pollution clearing more and more with each passing month. If that didn't tell us we are causing this devastation, I don't know what will. It was undeniable proof to me, and it it spoke highly to, you know, we're not driving, we're not going to work, we're not using the, uh, there's nothing coming out of the buildings, and the corporations really need to step up. They'll make the biggest impact, but that costs money and big money, and, you know, they don't want to spend it. So, and we, but we need to bring the, the, to prevent is to bring the carbon emissions down to zero so that our, so that our planet stops warming. And if we could, we could do that, that would be great, but that's going, that's going to take a whole lot. Now, you know, if we got to three degrees of warm up, that would be catastrophic. And we're at 1.25 to two degrees now. So we're not that far off, but now we have to bring in the Paris climate change agreement. And, you know, that was signed in 2016 by only 55 countries. And those 55 countries happen to produce 55% of the world's greenhouse gases. But since then, there have been additional countries that have signed it. We're up to 191 out of the total 197 countries in the world. And while the United States was removed from the agreement by the last administration, thank God almighty it's gone. And we have been outliers until this past January when president Biden joined the agreement on his first day of office, I might add. So he signed, and he also just recently this week signed an executive order that uh, to target 50% of all vehicles sold must be electric by 2030 and cars must hit 52 miles per gallon by 2026. And that's a great start. That's a great start. But others across the globe that, are still remaining skeptical, you know, we need to do as much as we can, as fast as we can, and we need to convince them. So there will be a meeting later this year, I know, in Glasgow to discuss the issues. But if we can ask PACs, how can President Biden and other leaders who are really trying to make a difference get the entire world to coalesce around these issues? Will the talks be successful in Glasgow? Max tells us that the answer is education. It's education of the people, but whereas that fails in certain circles, he points us to the leaders, the upcoming youth, as he refers to our leaders coming up, that have come into this world of ours with purpose, and intention and are here to make the changes. Um, he, he talks to us about their idealism and their intention um, 
to teach and to lead and also cautions us that we are to allow this, we are to respect this, and we are to promote this, that these are the people who are going to be our hope for change, as Pax phrases it. There is hope for change, and he refers to young leaders that uh, now abound in the area of earth protection and restoration. Um, he says that no amount of ignoring the feelings of the growing masses of youthful change makers will do. They are with you now, and a role reversal is in place. He goes on to say that the young teach the old and show that they have the wisdom of the elders, that they are passionate about change for the benefit of all walking Mother Earth today and those who await their own arrival. So it is for our leaders, um, you mentioned President Biden, to listen to and take the advice and guidance of the youth and, and those specifically who Pax tells us have the wisdom of the elders because they have returned now for this purpose. So that gives me hope. Yeah, it gives me hope, too. What would give me more hope is if he gave us a list of names of those people so we could go start recruiting them. Can he do that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll get right on that, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, should, you know, you think I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, yeah, no, no. You I, know, I, yeah. I know who it's not. It is not the people, the youth, who simply want to march in the streets and protest and are um, combative about it yeah. or, or speak the words and get a lot of attention while so doing but have nothing to back it up in the way of how-to. Th- those are right. not the people to follow. We've had some of those recently who have been extraordinarily high profile in their ability to draw crowds and make a big fuss about this, but they have no uh, meat on the bone of here's how it's going to happen. So it's a select group of people who are with us now and are becoming leaders of the movement. And uh, it is through our... um, opening to respect what they have to say, listen to it, you know, um, don't judge uh, too quickly and and allow them to begin to, what I think will happen is make the inroads with the people who have the, the ability to change. That's the leaders of industry, corporate, the people who are responsible for um, acting out of greed, and I think that they are well, and the governments as well. <laughs> Absolutely, the government. I mean, last year when we were in lockdown, the EPA said, "Okay, you don't have to pay attention to our guidelines for the next few months," and they finally got rid of that in August. So for five months, companies didn't have to adhere to EPA guidelines because of COVID. Now, you know, things <laughs> may have been running amok 
for a while there, which I'm sure wasn't helpful, even though nobody was going to work and buildings were not occupied and therefore there were no um, greenhouse gases being emitted into the air. Still, you know, are, if we're looking at eight to 12 years as our fail safe point and these people are young and need to get in touch with the leaders of today, about what is the time frame? Would we be able to say that they'd be working on renewable energy, let's say to the point that it will be able to be implemented within two to five years? Closer and if not, the, how long will it take? Well, closer to the five, I would think. This is, you know, this is something that is not going to be released easily by the people who, who, who see their profits diminished as a result. Right. Yep. I mean, we can talk but, about stop mining coal, stop making Mother Earth look like Swiss cheese underground, stop all that. But really. As long as there is a demand and as long as there's purchasers for that resource, people will continue to dig for and mine for it. So, right, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's why they, we need renewable energy. We need other ways, and we need the government to step in and say, no, you can't, you can't do this anymore. Um, so if, is our fail-safe still 8 to 12 years, or does PAC see that – Yes, there is things are we are making inroads and things will be able to I'll say get better for lack of a, a different phrase. Uh you know, things will be able to start to not necessarily reverse but maybe maintain and then start to get better as the renewable energies come into play more. Yes, I, I think so. I think that we can look at the eight to twelve years as what was <clears throat> put before us a couple of years ago when we were creating the Do Unto Earth mm. book. And each day, you know, as time goes on, more work is being done by science, more renewable energies are, are coming online, and change happens daily. It's accumulative, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and if everybody, it's just a matter of getting everybody on board because, you know, this is happening everywhere. It's kind of like the wildfires, you know, they're burning all over the U.S., Canada, Greece, Turkey, Russia, and that's due to climate change. That also is part of the reasons of climate change as well. The carbon emissions that are, that are warming the planet are creating droughts, the vegetation dies, it becomes kindling, and when a fire starts, they just go fast and furiously destroying everything in their path. And while I do believe in reforestation, this is just not the way to do it, you know. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, 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 refi- the fires have been referred to as being of biblical proportions. And you can't help but think about that. That's very scary because, you know, it has been said that when God flooded the earth, Noah's Ark, he gave a promise symbolized by the rainbow that he wouldn't destroy the earth again by flood. So when you see a rainbow, you know, oh, the earth will now be flooded again. But the next time, he would by fire. And these fires are so devastating. I have to wonder if on top of everything else that we have to take care of, it's really hard to, to stop the fires from happening when we're not doing the first part. We have to start at square one and stop with the emissions. You know, it's like we're witnessing the start of the end times here. And I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that are feeling very, very hopeless right now, individuals who can't necessarily do something 
of great magnitude on their own, yet everybody together can create something of great magnitude. It really is more the governments and such. So, you know, what about the wildfires and everything we're losing through that? What does PACS have to say about all of that? It's a part of, yeah, it's a part of the big picture of when you put it all together and talk about floods and fires and landslides and insect infestations it's, and more, it sounds biblical in its prophecy. Yeah. And, you know, we've also, we've also not cared for the forests, the the tree roots just aren't there holding moisture um, because the trees are gone because of over uh, or clear cutting um, so much of that going on again for profit for greed w- without reforestation the the big picture <clears throat> all of these Armageddon like happenings right now I think are sent to frighten us into awareness and into a change of not only attitude but action. Something clearly has not worked on us to date. So how big, how bad does it have to get before our attention is placed squarely on what we as individuals can do to make change? Um, how bad does that have to get? I mean, we talk about learning the hard way. <laughs> this is beyond the hard way because it threatens life. It threatens the ability of our planet Mother Earth to repair herself. And she will repair herself. This is another thing that <coughs> Pax speaks to. We do not necessarily have to consider ourselves responsible for repairing the planet because the planet will repair itself if we give it a chance, if we allow it. So therefore, what our job is, is to stop the hurting, stop what we're doing to hurt the planet uh, and allow her to repair herself. It will come in time if, if we if we believe that is how we as individuals can make a difference, make changes in our own lives, and uh, of course, gather together with other like-minded people because the collective energy um, of, of like-minded people is powerful. Everyone should recall that they have personal power. Don't lose track of that. Everybody has personal power and can make a difference so hold that thought people yeah all the little things do add up i mean i I think that we didn't understand how much an influence a small number of large uh, of of things can become large sources and make a difference but clearly mother earth can heal herself we saw it as i said last year from satellite photos very quickly within four months you didn't see all this pollution all around the world that's both good and a little bit scary it's good because yay that happened it's also scary because people look at it and go oh see when it can clean up if we just shut down for a while but that doesn't happen you know whether yeah 
whether it doesn't matter where there's a ton of carbon emitted in California or Canada or India, each is contributing the same to climate change. So we need to get the whole world involved. And that's what makes this such a challenging problem, you know, and while she can heal herself, it's like saying, all right, you can beat a child and beat a child and beat a child and they heal and they heal and they heal. They do, but they're still hurting and it's not right to do that. And I think one thing we've learned through COVID is that there are a lot of people who are just living in denial, even through COVID. How many deaths have to occur before people realize, take the damn vaccine, get the vaccine and save your children's lives. You know, that's the only way those who can't get vaccinated are going to be protected. And you're sending them back to school and some people are complaining about, I want my kid to breathe. They shouldn't have to wear a mask all day. You know what? I would want my child to breathe too for an extended period of time, like an entire lifetime, not just until they get COVID and die. So I don't understand those people at all. And I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way about climate change. It's not real. It doesn't exist. They're just saying this to try to control us. So when you say, what will it take? You know what, Carol? I don't know what it will take. Because I really thought through COVID, we would have learned so much. We would have learned to be more compassionate. We would have learned to be kinder toward people. We would have learned, instead, we're just allowing, and I will say, the stupidity of all people believe what's on the internet instead of going to their doctors, instead of looking at the science that's out there. You know, you can... You can say whatever you want at home and and just be in denial if you want, but somebody's going to die somewhere, and it might be because of you, because you just went out there without a mask on and didn't bother to get vaccinated. What will it take? It will take more than 615,000 deaths in the United States, I guess, because we're still not even, you know, we're 68% with one vaccine. When are we going to get to people who are fully vaccinated? You know, um, people just aren't doing that. They're just not listening to, they're not watching and seeing, they are living in denial. And it could be because of fear. So I wonder if it is because of fear and are they living in fear because of the climate? Because a lot of, there are people out there that are saying, I just want experiences because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. That's nice that you want experiences, but you want the experiences to last forever. It shouldn't be a hopeless, I want experiences because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. So what does PAX have to say about that? <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's a new one for me. I I, I haven't heard that. Um, but then I live in an area that's compliant and uh, conservative, um, and, and we're doing quite well COVID-wise. Nevertheless, uh, those people walk among us, too. I, I, I think you're right about the fear, but I also think that it's, it's human nature in some civilizations to value their own personal freedom above that of anyone else, their personal rights um, matter more than that of anyone else. Now, that, that is just a giant undertaking to attempt change in that person's mind. It's, you know, we talk about learning the hard way. Those are the people that will. Um, but unfortunately, they will take out others uh, along their, their path. Uh, I think that the spirit world is looking at us now, uh, doing a fair bit of head shaking, and not understanding mm. how 
we are not having empathy. We're not being compassionate towards others. We are not, uh, and, and I say we, but that's, you know, that large percentage of people you mentioned in the United States that do not seem to be compliant whatsoever or considering how they may impact those around them and children and grandchildren. It It is a lead by example, I think, is, is the best that can be done um, because certainly just mandating does not work uh, with that kind of mentality. The spirit world just is continuing in hope that as the world turns a few more times, more common sense will be instilled in the majority of people. And as science continues uh, with their explorations and more, and what some consider more effective vaccines come online, that may be what it takes for those people to turn around their thinking and say, okay, there's finally something here I'm going to kind of agree with and, and go forward and do it. So I think the word is time, allowing some time to pass and continuing to preach um, and share the knowledge that protecting yourself with vaccines is also protecting your loved ones and uh, all those around you. It's got to sink in one day. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I don't have as much faith as the common sense becoming part, part of people because you either have it or you don't. <laughs> you know, and I think, oh, yeah. wow, okay, that's, yes. that's a big ticket item. That's a miracle. <laughs> it, take, it takes an impact uh, on a person to cause them to rock back on their heels a bit and say, wait a minute, I, I hadn't considered that. So yeah. hopefully... You know, it, it doesn't come from their losing a loved one, but too often I think it does and will. Yeah, and that's that's really sad that that's what it takes, that, that the selfishness of um, wanting things their way and the control is, is more important than their own children or their own family or mm-hmm. maybe their friends and neighbors. You know, that's that's what's really sad to just put themselves first and want to be right. And then it's hard to go back because if somebody has that kind of ego and they can't be wrong, they'll, you know, our past administration, we saw that in a big way. You know, he was never wrong, never wanted to be wrong, always right. And, you know, that, that just wasn't, for those of us who had common sense, we understood it. (laughs) You know, so much of this began there Mm -hmm. with that, with that way of thinking and, and speaking and, sharing those thoughts with the followers and the world and anyone who would listen, that kind of set the tone early on Mm -hmm. with COVID-19 and how people perceived it and what to do about it. Um, And and from my vantage point, what I saw was the tone that was set was, we're going to ignore it because it's not... It's not going to affect us. And, uh, you know, the ego gets involved, and then when it comes close, maybe to a family member, 
then there has to be denial because you certainly can't reverse your thinking and say, well, I guess it is real. Um, yeah. So it, it, you know, you know, and he's the one that took us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, you know, oh, yeah. and. Uh, and, and that was just a that was just a, a wrong and stupid, really stupid, idiotic move. But what can you expect from somebody who's a stupid, idiotic person? Anyway, let's get on to um, the health effects. You know, the human health, climate change affects human health in a myriad of ways. It's not just the environment, but those of us who live in these environments. So, you know, I guess that's everybody on the planet. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because the frequency and the severity of the heat waves that you're experiencing and we've been experiencing on the East Coast, I mean, it's, when you look at North America, it's all over. There are heat-related illnesses and deaths. And then you've got the range of disease from the insects like mosquitoes and ticks, West Nile virus, dengue fever, Lyme disease, malaria. Pollen is causing people to, you know, the increased growing season because of the fact that everything is warmer. We have more mold from the storms we have more air pollution uh in, due to the increased temperature and humidity and and everything worsens your allergies and lung diseases and asthma and poor air quality can affect your heart so it makes cardiovascular disease worse the flooding events and you know and sea level rise that that contaminates water with bacteria and viruses and chemicals foodborne and waterborne illnesses come from that um, you got the the extreme weather events that are causing just the weather events themselves, the injuries, deaths, illnesses, and, and effects on mental health from damage to property and the people that you lose and the, your displacement, the isolation, the chronic stress. So all of that puts an extra strain on the hospitals and the public health systems, and it limits people's ability to, to get good health care when you're going through these things. It's it's really all very grim. And when you put it all together, it's not just one thing. People think climate change is, well, it's getting warmer and colder. That's, that's not exactly the end of it. You know, it's all these other things that domino down. Everything affects everything else. And I don't know. I just, I'm really, like right now, I'm sitting here watching out my window. Trees are blown around like crazy. Now, it was fine a few minutes ago, and all of a sudden I hear thunder, I see trees blowing, and yet there's no rain. You know? So it's, we live in very strange times, and I suppose if Pax is telling us that don't worry, things are going to be better, you know, I'll buy it. I'll say, yeah, okay, as long as we can do this in a manner that's going to be pretty quick because I, I – I look at all this and I have to wonder. I mean, doesn't it make you wonder if if really there is going to be some kind of, I don't know, like a, a something will be lifted and all will be well? And I don't mean that quickly. I mean there will be like an idea that comes up to help us get through this in all these different areas because it's not just renewable energy. It's so much more. Yeah, I agree, and don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Um, I'm with you on, on the second half of that, but the first, not so much. I think that we have to not necessarily worry, but be concerned to the extent mm-hmm. we look for ways, find ways to put ourselves in the picture as a as a 
enabler of the solution, that each of us has a responsibility. If we are having the awareness that we can make a difference, then it's our responsibility to find exactly how and then lend our voices and our time, energy, experience, and uh, other gifts to finding the solution to repairing Mother Earth. And you're quite right. It's not just about climate change or global warming. It's about everything that has spun off from it. You know, you talk about diminished wellness in people, mental health, emotional health. Mm -hmm. It's all a part Mm -hmm. of it as people are losing their jobs because their their area of work has gone away, uh, closed down, um, because during COVID people weren't there to support it, or or worse, industries that have closed completely. So there's a you know a place there where people need to be revitalized. They need to be found to be useful and worthy and uh, elevated in their emotional health and and their mental health. When that happens, when when our people can be whole again and useful to themselves and their families and others, then there's that repair of wellness. And then those people can become a part of the solution by joining in wherever they feel that they have the interest and and the skills to help uh, be a part of the solution. You know, we talked earlier about the youth that have come into and continue to come into our world carrying the wisdom of the elders. They're the ones that we need to pay attention to, to listen to, and to get behind uh, when we find those that we feel we can support and... um, make a difference through, whether it's stopping the pollution of fish farming on the West Coast or clear-cutting of forests or pumping out pollution into the air from a factory producing something that's just no longer needed in this world Mm -hmm. because there are alternatives. So it's a consciousness raising uh, for for many people who, who need to have their voices heard. And we ask them, the spirit world asks them to not forget the empower, or perhaps I shouldn't say forget, diminish the, the value of their own personal power to be heard, to have a voice, and to make a difference in their own circle. People do not have to think about the fact that there may be just too small of a voice to make a difference globally, but they're not too small of a voice to make a difference locally. And it is all these people making differences locally. Um, and when I say differences, I mean information sharing, options to solution. They all have the power. You know, 
I remember when I was a kid, there was a guy that didn't live far from us that had a windmill. And he had one at his house, and he had one on top of his car. And everybody used to laugh at him. And I thought it was just the coolest thing because it was a windmill on a car. And, you know, if that's how you can get around, that was pretty cool. It was small, but it was, you know, it was very cool. Why are we not looking at windmills yet again? Why are we not working with that? Why is that not something that, you know, it produces electricity? You know, I mean, we can produce our own electricity that way. And it's, oh, it's very natural. Well, and yeah, and of course they're out there. There are there are wind farms, but of course yep. the last the last administration told the world that windmills cause cancer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I don't oh think that, that particularly put a stop to the people who believe in wind power, but it certainly halted those who supported them. Um, there are so many ways. I mean, Pax tells us in the Do Unto Earth book that solar power is almost old-fashioned now because so many other forms of energy uh, have been developed that we certainly do not need to be thinking about coal fires you know, to heat our homes or run mm-hmm. um, trains. And think about it. If if solar power is almost obsolete, you know, what are we thinking about still mining for coal? You know, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, and why is solar power still obsolete? It never even took off all that well. No, it didn't. But science has come along behind and created all forms uh, of alternatives. Um, that we, I think, for the most part, do not hear about. Don't I was going to say, I, you know, I mean, we're still having fights in my county about solar, solar panels and solar power, and it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, why not? A lot of people are still putting solar panels on their home to heat their homes, and it's, it's certainly not taking away from anything or emitting anything into the atmosphere. Well, if you, if you look closely at who's opposing it, it may be the power company who doesn't want people going off the grid because it diminishes their revenues, right? Yeah, so sad, so sorry. But, I mean, you know, that's just the way it is. Things come along. They should be getting on it and figuring out how they can make money installing solar panels and helping people. There are so many things that they could do to, get a, to, to make the transition, but they don't, that costs money too. So, you know, again, if you if you look at everything, you just have to follow the money. You do, absolutely. I mean, they would be such good corporate citizens uh, if they took that approach. Um, but it starts at the top, doesn't it? And uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely a sad... And the greed is there. Yep. Following the money. Well, uh, you know, I, I, think, I, I think PAX and uh, company... Do not give up on us. They just do not give up on us. I know that PAX sometimes is incredulous at what we are doing as a people on this planet and also what we are not doing to affect change in the areas we seriously need to change. But, you know, the support is always there 
I can assure you and your audience that we are not given up on, that the, our spirit guides those with the wisdom who watch us and support us. Trust that as time goes on, we will find our way. Uh, they continue to support our Here With Guidance always. Always for anybody to tune in to their own higher self to listen and uh, converse and, you know, trust in, in what they're learning. But one of the things I learn constantly is we're not being cast adrift um, by spirit because of our bad behavior. You know, it's like a benevolent parent that says, we know, we know deep down they're good and they're going to find their way. They're just a little off course at the moment. But we're here. We're here for support. And uh, spirit certainly is. Well, that's good to know. One of the, um, I can't remember where it was in the book, that I read about sound therapy and sound vibrations healing Mother Earth. Now, for all you listening, Carol and I, on Sundays at 3 o'clock Eastern time, we set an intention for the week. And while she is meditating on the intention, I am playing my quartz crystal singing bowls. And I firmly believe when I'm thinking about the intention that I'm sending out these vibrations into the world and there's a huge ripple effect. But I'm just one person playing, you know, 17 crystal bowls. How, what does Pax say about that? I mean, I remember reading about it and saying it is healing from Mother Earth, but in order to do that in a way that's really going to make an impact, how do we create sound that, or vibration, it doesn't have to be sound, it can be vibration, how do we create vibration to help Mother, Mother Earth through all that we're doing in a bigger way? Um, sound energy. This, this is the key. Sound is energy varying levels of, of vibration for your listeners who, who may not be sure about this. Um, I want to share with you that Pax says uh, sound therapy and in your current place, music therapy, which is a derivation, works miracles in certain applications. This is yet another tool to use in the healing process, and that's healing for Mother Earth. So music therapy is sound therapy of a sort. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Hack said that playing sounds of musical notes and vibration increase plant growth, crop yields, soothes people and animals, and brings peace were heard. It also is a vibration that um, encircles Mother Earth and is healing. The ancients, um, as Acts refers to people of old times, says the ancients knew sound therapy and its uses in healing as well as warring at times, as certain frequencies can make people quite crazy uh, if used for extended times. 
and of course can shatter glass. That we know. So yeah. sound healing by your bowls, musical instruments, reaching certain frequencies, these are healing, hugely healing uh, to people and the planet and have been used over the centuries uh, for wellness. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it seems to be um, almost little known today, uh, but it has incredible power. Yeah. Um, yeah, because people will chant, and they've had they've been chanting for years. And Om is huge. That has always, of course, been a vibration and and sound that was used for healing and to enhance meditation as well. Um, but it just seems interesting to me that you know the sound therapy can actually do a lot of of healing. But how do we get it out there in a bigger way than it is right now to help with that? Because you know, as an individual, I can play my bowls, but not everybody knows how to play bowls. You know, um, they might think they do, but they don't. I mean, some some frequencies are are healing and enhance meditation, and some do not. You know, so you have to be careful what you're doing so that you're you're playing properly and you are using them for good, if you will. You know, it's kind of like nuclear energy. That, that was something that, if it was used for good, would have been nice, but you know, people opted to not use it for good all the time. So there you go. <laughs> I, I think that the sound healing is something that, now that you've mentioned it, perhaps your listeners can look into it, um, do an online search about it, and find ways to, to use it themselves. I'm not suggesting the bulls. That's... Um, Right. That's no, I know what you mean, yeah. Way beyond um, most people's abilities to even consider. But any other musical instrument or even humming, um, I think, creates a frequency. But like you mm-hmm. say, it's important to know the right way, the frequencies. And do you believe that this can be learned, you know, if... if if listeners were to begin to do a search, uh, for example, online, uh, that there would be something, some place there where they could learn where to find the, the frequencies that will have positive impact. Do you think? Yeah, and it depends. Yes, but it also depends on the energy that is around because you have to play the bowls or any, like natural sounds have a vibration everything has a vibration even if it's sitting still it still vibrates you know energy doesn't ever stop so everything's got a vibration and the natural sounds are going to be very healing when you're outside and you hear the wind or you even thunder and lightning those are vibrations that are by nature and and we live on this planet so it's part of us it's part of who we are because all of these things are part of the greater whole as well but man-made vibrations you know, things that you may hear jackhammers in the street or loud banging of something that's not, you know, in nature. Uh, but when I'm playing the bowls, I have to play off the energy of either the intention or the person in the room. So I'm listening to that person's energy and I'm playing the correct bowls to correct it. If I play a wrong bowl against their energy, boy, do I know it because it's causing a dissonance. So, you know, playing playing music that's very natural, that's very, 
you know, some of these, uh, what do you call it, meditative guided things where it's sounds of water running or sure. not even white noise, but, you know, those types of things is very, very good. I just thought if there was a way to, like, I don't know, giant speakers in the sky or something. <laughs> no oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, know, yeah. For me, my wrong bowl um, and wrong energy is my vacuum cleaner, so I choose not to use it much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my for, goodness <laughs> I don't care for that I think that no. you know we can I, I personally have water fountains inside yes. my, I have one out on the balcony and I have one in my living room uh, near where yep. where I spend a lot of time in the evenings and that is soothing and healing for me but it doesn't do anything for everyone else in my world or anyone's world. So, you know, I think that... Well, it can because it's a fountain, so it is making a noise, okay? And every little ripple goes out there. So the more we have these little, little impacts can become a great big thing, you know? The smallest amount of something that everybody sure. does can become one big, massive, we've seen it happen. And, mm-hmm. and that could be good, you know? Yeah. That can be really yeah. good. It's, it's funny because I was just looking at fountains today. I haven't told my husband this yet. He's probably listening and thinking, oh, God, what's she going to do now? Yep, I'm looking oh, at fountains. <laughs> uh, you know, I think they are a requirement in the home, uh, everybody. I think that they are soothing and calming, and they really mm. do. Um, affect the mood. Uh, they are, you know, water is so healing and powerful. And, yes. um, you know, as a great collective, anything we can do individually to to heal ourselves so that we're in a better position to help heal others, including uh, Mother Earth, our, our poor depleted planet Mother Earth. It's our responsibility if we choose to accept it, um, to put ourselves in a position where where we can help. We're supposed to, like they tell you on the airplane, put on the mask yourself first before you try to help somebody else if the mask happens right. to stop. You know, I, I use that analogy all the time with people. Heal yourself first um, to put you in a, a position of being able to help others around you. And when I say healing, that means creating good, strong emotional health about yourself, mental health, and, of course, that transmits to physical health, doesn't it? Right. It does. It does indeed, and we are at the top of the hour. Carol, is there any other notes or messages that you or Pax would like to share with us? Oh, thank you, T. Yeah, it's a message of hope. There is always hope, hope for change in our world and hope that we are the recipients individually and collectively of the strength and and personal power needed to be a part of the solution. Do not ever think that you're too small or don't have influence. Each person does, and also know that should you choose to Check in, your higher self is there. That's the innate wisdom, your soul wisdom that comes through 
from past lifetimes through time with you. That wisdom is there. You can access it. Know that and feel that you are protected and empowered. And thank you, T. Oh, you're quite welcome. Before we go, I want to encourage everyone to go to PaxWisdom.com. That's P-A-X-W-I-S-D-O-M.com to learn more about Pax and his messages. You know, and there's so much more that you'll learn from the books that are available through the site. You can also find links to the author's websites. And please remember the Carol offers personal readings as well. So look into that. The readings are directly channeled from Pax. And they're wonderful. So I thank you so very much, Carol, for joining me again. It's been a pleasure as always. And we look forward to having you back in September for the ninth segment in our 12-part series. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We, we know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a most challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So please send the link for the show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in this evening. Remember, PAX discussions are part of a year-long series, so we'll be back next month on Wednesday, September 8th, with Part 9 in the series with Carol and PAX. For more information about me and my work or to schedule a remote energy session, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Org. Please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salary stipends or compensation of any kind to anyone. Every penny goes toward meals, coats, health care, whatever is needed, so all children have a chance for a good life. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. Please follow us on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. And while you're in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.